Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. And I know that I always say I'm so excited because I think each episode is really special, but today we have an extra special one coming to you. I have a guest with me, and in fact, it is my mother. I'm thrilled to have her here. And it's not just because she's my mom and I want you all to meet her and I think she's awesome, uh, but she has some really cool travel history that we're going to talk about and do some comparisons from years ago to traveling today. So here's a big warm welcome to my mom, Linda. <laughs> Thank you very much, Marjorie. I am just so excited to be here. <laughs> she's my biggest fan on the podcast, too, so it seemed only appropriate to have her on. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of context for our travel history together, I mean, not to walk you through my entire childhood, but we started traveling uh, probably since I was born, basically. Oh, yes, you were just a couple <laughs> months old. <laughs> um, and that was mostly like road trips and camping and things like that. I think. Yes, that's exactly what it was. I do have the expert here in my life, so she can correct me if I get anything <laughs> wrong about my childhood. Um, and I think our biggest trip, well, yeah, definitely our biggest trip came when I was 12. We got to go to Japan. Yes. And so this is not like the huge focus of the episode, but I am sort of curious if you have any recollections or, you know, traveling with me at that age or anything else that you remember from that trip. <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember the long flight, <laughs> the first long haul flight we'd taken, and you slept most of the time. Yeah. So that was wonderful. Um, and when we got to, I believe it was um, in Japan, when we, not um, Narita. Yeah, Narita. That Airport. we came into. Mm -hmm. And the idea of... Being in another country at a totally different time zone just just made our world upside down. And but we were all so happy to be there. One specific episode was when we got off the trains and we got off on the wrong side of the tracks and we stepped outside and we were in an alley. And we were lost, totally <laughs> lost. And none of us spoke Japanese. Yeah. Um, and so we walked a little bit. And I remembered you really were not sure that we should be walking in this direction. And we were trying to say, well, whatever direction we walk in, we'll be fine because we don't know where we're going anyway. <laughs> and we flagged down a, a taxi. Yes. Yep. And he ended up finding us our hotel. But I, I, the idea of we should be walking in the other direction came from you, and it just it was it was fun. Already taking charge of the travel situations <laughs> at twelve years old. No, that's yes. funny. Yeah, and we lived. I mean, we you still live in very small towns, so we're you know. I guess I'm a, a city person now, having yes. lived in Taipei and you know other places for many years. But we did not in my childhood, grow up as city people. No. So being in Tokyo, being in these huge cities, not just the culture shock, but like, we don't know how to navigate subway <laughs> systems or trains or hail taxis or anything like that. Which I think can be the best way to travel. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, and then another big trip in my childhood was the, um, like, Southwest trip. Yes. We went out west. Um we 
because we grew up, or I grew up on the East Coast, so we did this big trip out west, yeah. Arizona, all yeah. that stuff, and Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we were never ones to take trips to specific destinations. We were get in the car, um, have our camping gear with us, and flexibility mm-hmm. and spontaneity was the key. Mm-hmm. However, on this trip, we flew into Las Vegas. <laughs> was not that was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> back way back, and um, uh, rented a rented a camper, yeah, one of those little campers, mm-hmm. and headed off. And I think we made it to the Grand Canyon, so we were kind of a specific that wanted to show you that part. I and, do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and that we just love the Southwest. Mm-hmm. But, oh, wow, I remember it as being a blast. I also remember that we didn't realize we had the window down uh-huh. um, right where you slept and that you froze the Yeah, I, I woke up, I was like, it's so cold, what are we doing? And we realized that the window had been open the whole night. <laughs> Above my bed. (laughs) Um, All right. So continuing on, then I sort of went abroad. I did. Oh, I did my study abroad in college. That's what it was Um, in Austria, in Vienna. And I was thrilled that you guys decided to visit me because I didn't assume that that was going to happen. I don't think it had even crossed my mind, honestly, that you would until a few months in. You said, hey, how about we come towards the end of your time there? Um, And so that was me as a novice traveler at that point. And, you know, I'd lived in Vienna for a few months, so I knew my way around, but I was still not an expert if I look back. You know, I was showing you guys kind of the basic <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, you guys came to visit me for um, in Austria and Vienna, yes, and yeah. that was amazing. It was incredible. Most of our, um, other than the Okinawa Japan trip, had been within the United States or Canada. And... Um, and then earlier in my life, which I think Marjorie's going to mention, but anyway, (laughs) um, uh, going to Austria opened up the world for us. We had such a blast and it's looking back on it. We relied on our daughter (laughs) to show us around, to help us see how you order, how to say thank you and please. And, and I'm lost and we didn't have to use that. Um, but just she took us to Salzburg and and it's a unique experience for a parent to have their daughter be in charge at a young age. And that was an eye opener as to what kind of woman Marjorie was and was going to be with her traveling. Um, and then we took off for our on, on our own mm-hmm. on our own and uh, with our backpacks and took the train and and went to other places and and it was just the most marvelous trip to be able to then go back to Austria and there's Marjorie with her gang of people taking us to their restaurants which are in the <laughs> basement of something where you only pay what you think you should pay and it was wonderful one of those magical times that you always remember yeah I remember that as well, sort of the the opposite side of that, of being the ones take, the one taking care of my parents. I should say, when we say we, we're including my dad in this yes, as well, yes. uh, my mom and dad. Um, and I remember specifically in Salzburg, we'd arrived, we'd taken the train, you know, a little bit tired, overwhelmed. Um, I hadn't been there, been to Salzburg at that point, and getting bus tickets. I remember, mm. say ordering, it's not ordering, um, buying, <laughs> buying bus tickets at the window in German. And that was one of the things, you know, yeah. I spoke like 
okay, elementary, basic, get you around town German at that point. And that was one of the transactions that I did entirely in German for my parents in another country. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something that I definitely remember as well. Yeah. Yep. And then I moved to Taiwan <laughs> and they surprised me yet again my first year by saying, hey, can we come visit you in Taiwan? Yep. And so if Austria was a culture shock, <laughs> uh, Taiwan was triply so probably. Um and it was it was sort of the same thing of me helping and showing them around and all of that. Um, but again, do you have any specific recollections? Oh, totally. And let me just say, it was the very first moment there. We had a taxi um, to take us into the city, and we had given him Marjorie's address. Well, it wasn't very clear to him where she was. And so he pulls up into this place in the little small street, and it's not like here in the U.S. where there's a house number and, and all of that. It actually is. Ad addresses in Taipei make so much sense and are so easy to figure out. They're so logical, but keep going. <laughs> For these new time newcomers, it wasn't. But anyway, and we had no way of communicating with Marjorie yeah. because our phones weren't working. Um, there was no way to get in touch with her. So we're kind of running up and down the streets. And finally, Marjorie emerges from this door. And it's like, hallelujah, we were saved. It was wonderful. But we were there also during an earthquake and a mm -hmm. typhoon. Mm. And let me just say that any time since then that Marjorie has uh, commented about the weather or <laughs> the earthquakes, I totally understood. But again, the food that she talks about is it's so true, all the things to eat. And I so agree with what she says about try the new things and also just let them choose for you. I, I have taken that to heart and, and do it here in the United States. Um, everybody being gracious. It, it was, a, it was again, one of those experiences where we would love to go back. We'd love to go anywhere now. So yeah. <laughs> where are you going next, Marjorie? So we can... <laughs> oh, boy, I need to figure that out, don't I? So, again, other than just wanting you guys all to meet my mom, because she's fantastic, <laughs> um, we really wanted to talk about her travel experience in, was it the 70s? It was 1981. <laughs> okay, sorry. I should have should have fact-checked that ahead of time. Um, because she did a bit of traveling in Europe during that time, and that has always been something that I've heard about and has stuck with me in terms of traveling by myself or, you know, planning these things. Um, and we also wanted to kind of compare that experience to what traveling is like for me now um, in 2021 um, and just how things have changed over the years and gotten easier or harder or better or worse and all those things. So just to give us the background information, um, we already talked about when, <laughs> uh, where did you go and how did you or why did you choose that location? Okay, so I went to Great Britain and Ireland with a plan to go to Greece afterwards, but that did not happen. Um, kind of ran low on funds. Uh, and I chose that because I love history. Now, of course, Europe is all about history. Same with Asia. Um, but it was, for me as a first-time overseas traveler by myself, that seemed the easiest and, mm -hmm. and fun thing to do. So that was my choice there. I think 
a lot of American travelers get their feet wet in Europe. I mean, yep. I did. <laughs> I yeah. Think. Yeah, yeah, we go to Europe first because we know a little bit more about it. It's a little bit more approachable. Um, and then venture on to other lands. Cool. Um, so we've talked a little bit about this. We've tried to not have this exact conversation so that <laughs> things will still be new in this episode. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you planned for it and booked everything ahead of time. Because this is one of those things. I'm such a millennial. It blows my mind how these things were done before the Internet. You know, and now today it blows my mind, too. <laughs> I I. How did that happen? So, uh, it by mail. I wrote to the Youth Hostel Association in the United States. I believe it was the library where I got the address. And um, just they sent me back a wonderful booklet on hostels in Great Britain and Ireland. And then I wrote to all the embassies of wow. places where I thought I might go and got their information as well. Uh, airline... So you did either on the phone or with a travel agent. And I flew out of JFK after visiting some friends in New York and um, landed in London and then stayed just for a couple of days at a youth hostel in London. But so much of what we did, how we did back then was spontaneous, mm -hmm. asking other people once you were there. And in the hostels, as you well know, um, you just talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things about the hostel booklets, was it told you the two days of every week that each of the hostels were closed. Yeah, stop there for a second. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that. So hostels were closed two days. of Was it always two days? It was some, a different two some days. Some maybe were one okay. day, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's something that we can't imagine now because hostels are open I mean, often even like 24-7. You have your yeah. own key. You can get in at any time of the day. Um, they'll usually figure out a way to book you in if you arrive in the middle of the night. Um, nope. Not, not <laughs> back in 1981. Number one, you had to make sure you didn't arrive on those two days. And number two, they had um, specific check-in times and check-out times, and you could not stay there during the day. That was yeah. their cleaning time. And the only time that ever happened for me was in Ireland when I was sick, and they allowed me to stay for in bed for the day, but it was they were not pleased to do that with. And I don't yeah. mean to make it sound like they were terrible people, but yeah. it was their day off and mm. their day to clean. So, yeah, wow. and so it was the hostel friends I made. I remember one friend, we hiked to uh, Stonehenge together because mm -hmm. he knew of a trail Mm -hmm. way to get there. Some oh, other friends cool. in the Lake District, um, nurses that were on their holiday. <laughs> and uh, we all got together and prepped a meal and, and had a picnic and went for a hike together. And it was through all these people you would learn, don't go to that hostel, mm. definitely go to this hostel or go to this pub or, mm -hmm. or you know, all the places to go to. So I'm curious because that definitely still happens. Mm -hmm. You meet people yeah. and, you know, you make plans or you hear what they're doing, recommendations and all that stuff. We just verify it all on social media <laughs> and the internet. <laughs> and if any booking needs to happen, then you would immediately, you know, go online and, and buy your tickets or whatever. Yeah. So were plan you mentioned spontaneity. Were plans yeah. able to be that flexible? Like how could you change your plan if you couldn't get on the internet and change it? <laughs> Well, number one, you didn't make your reservations ahead of time. Okay, I was wondering about that, too. Yeah, and, and again, it wasn't... Everybody still 
traveled back then, but yeah. it wasn't the amount of people that are traveling today. So I don't recall any hostel ever being full. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't remember that at all. And so you didn't have to worry about you had a reservation somewhere. Okay. Um, and again, you'd just go and buy your ticket for the train or the bus or whatever when you wanted to take it. Okay. Um, so that was that easy. And back in those days, may I just say, that we could get mail with the American Express offices. They would allow you to put your name, Linda, care of American Express, um, Bath, England. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you'd go to the, when you were traveling, you'd stop at these places and see if you had any mail. Oh my gosh, that was fun <laughs> to pick up wow. mail. Then here's another little oh my gosh. thing <laughs> that you would do so you could let people back home know that everything was okay. Um, you would call your home Collect. Mm -hmm. And my mother and I had a, a name, I, Hannah, I think it was. And so the operator would say to my mom, will you accept a collect call from Hannah? And my mother would say no. <laughs> the operator's like, geez. And that meant everything was fine. Yeah. Hannah was the code that meant everything was fine. If I had her, um, the, you had, will you accept a collect call from Linda, then my mother knew to answer it. Yeah, it's um, real. It's, it's an emergency. Real. It's an emergency. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I just, can you imagine, because... We sort of have a system when I'm traveling by myself where I'll check in. And it's not like hard and fast at this time every day, but like generally check in, usually in the evening. Yeah. Um, just say like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm back in my hostel or I'm whatever. Here's what I did today. Everything is good. Um, and so it's funny that you had less oversight <laughs> or or, or less uh, checking in with the, the parents yeah. back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. All right. Um, okay. So finding things to see and do. You mentioned like going to Stonehenge or the picnics yeah. and everything. That was yeah. mostly just word of mouth and word stuff as mouth well. Word of mouth and every town had a, a little information mm. uh, building booth, mm -hmm. whatever. And so you'd stop there to, to get all the information on that. Mm -hmm. you Did know? you use like guidebooks or anything? You know, I don't remember that. I I think we, I did have a guidebook, but it wasn't like you go into the bookstore today and mm -hmm. there's 16 shelves yeah. with guidebooks of various places. So if I did, it was something very minor and who knows the date that it was written. Mm -hmm. um, things weren't written every six months or every year. So, Well, that's always what I feel now. I still think travel books and guidebooks are really cool and really fun mm -hmm. to look at. Yep. But I know for my first trip after Austria, I traveled by myself like, through the UK and Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Little inspiration there. Um, and I remember I had Rick Steves books with mm -hmm. me, which I love Rick Steves. And they they worked out quite well. I was able to get quite a few suggestions or recommendations from them. But even now, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily not trust them, but I wouldn't know if anything was still open or around yeah. or anything. Yeah. And I think, too, they, for me, uh, for your dad and I, they can limit you if mm -hmm. you only rely on that book, like you rely only on GPS and you mm -hmm. don't take that side <laughs> road um, or you don't walk into that restaurant mm -hmm. that's not in the guidebook. And that, that's, I think, why it's not a big deal for us to have guidebooks. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you sort of already mentioned this, but... Going back to the hostels and the people and everything, um, 
hostels now, well, okay, it depends what kind of hostel you go to. I <laughs> talked about this in my hostel episode, how some of them are just like really chill, do your own thing. And some of them are more like the party hostels. Um, but do you think they were as social as they are now? And you mentioned that they're not necessarily as packed or weren't necessarily as packed with people. Uh, was there still that like, I don't know, social aspect? Some of them, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I would say more than half. Um, everybody was gathered around a table in the kitchen, sharing whatever food they had, or they'd, a group would get together and say, want to go out to this pub or, or wherever. Um, but I also remember times of quiet and there weren't that many people around and maybe people weren't quite as social. So mm-hmm. yeah, there was both. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Um, so before we jump on to like the comparison of then versus now, do you have any other stories or anything that we haven't gotten to? <laughs> well, can I just say one thing? Yeah. <laughs> that so when I left, I flew out of Ireland um, to Boston, and then the plan was we uh, to go to Maine. And when I landed in Boston, I had ten cents, and that was it. There were no credit cards. Oh wow! There were no travelers checks oh my anymore. Gosh. Um, I had 10 cents and it cost 25 cents to make a phone call. You're stressing me out. <laughs> and I had to beg somebody for a quarter. Oh my Your mother. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept that uh, a secret. No, I've, I've heard that story before. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you never know what can happen and you just enjoy yourself. 100%. I feel like... Um, not to get like super sappy here, but more and more I've realized, you know, whether it's nature versus nurture, it could be either in our experience, but I definitely get that uh, wanderlust vibe from from you and dad. Uh, For you guys, it's been mainly US based Mm -hmm. recently, you know, you do a lot of road trips and camping and all of that, but we have the same like What's around that corner? Oh, What's yes. down that road? Must go see it. Yep, totally. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. You're making me want to go. I know. I'm going to go hop in the car after this. Um, so from from what you've gathered from my travels or my stories or anything like that, is there anything that jumps out to you as the biggest changes in the travel experience, whether things are, like I said at the beginning, better or worse or harder or easier for me now um, with all the changes in social media and the internet and connectivity and availability of, of everything <laughs> at our fingertips. Boy, I, I think it goes both ways that because of the internet, you do have it a bit easier um, finding places, meeting up with people maybe finding traveling companions Mm -hmm. or so, Um, and just knowing, is this a safe country? Yeah. Um, That kind of stuff. But I think maybe you all, with the internet, um, have it a little bit more difficult because it seems to me there's more expectation, and I'm not sure where to lead with that word, but... For those, because you do have that <laughs> that uh, computer with you, and I by you, mm-hmm. I mean all yeah, people yeah. traveling today. Um, maybe we don't look up as much as we should, or say hello to the person, or accept an invitation to lunch from somebody who wants to practice their English. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of both, harder mm-hmm. and easier. Mm-hmm. I I think for you, yeah, yeah. I mean, hearing you talk about the everything you had to do to plan the trip ahead yeah. of time, I, we could I could just sit here like a gog at that <laughs> forever. That that seems like insurmountable. And but yet, you did it at twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Um, and people did it all the time back then, <laughs> right? We knew we knew nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, even our even flying over there, you lined up in a queue in the morning. The plane did not leave until the evening, so just whoever was in the line first got tickets. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> stressing me out again. I love. I like spontaneity, but I also, if I'm planning to do something, I like to know do, that I yeah. will be able to do it. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying about the social media and everything. And I think for me with Instagram, it is pros and cons because like I do like to share things, which I think takes, you know, maybe takes you out of the moment a little bit. But I've mentioned this even just in our hometown the other day that knowing that I can and will share things on Instagram has made me more aware Mm. of beautiful things around me. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep, exactly. That I wouldn't necessarily have noticed um, otherwise, or maybe noticed, but like stopped and actually been right. like, that is worth seeing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And obviously, as your mother, I love that. <laughs> I think your photos are dynamite. Well, thank you. Like I said, my biggest fan. Um, cool. I've gotten through all of my questions. Is there anything else that, you know, we've been kind of brainstorming this over the past few days. Anything else that came to mind? Well, I would like to hear how, thinking about your memory of like the Japan trip, the Okinawa trip, something that stood out for you. Oh boy, we didn't plan this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I look back on that, so I was 12 Mm -hmm. when we went to Japan. So I don't actually remember a lot of specifics, which is unfortunate, you know, dad will say something or you'll say something about, oh, this this place, this street, this restaurant, and I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do remember is this sort of the sensory experience uh, of yes. like, number one, just being in a big city <laughs> but, <laughs> um, for a lot of the time at least, but the colors and yeah. the sights and the food. I de- <laughs> definitely remember the food. That was, I mean, for a 12-year-old... Um, be yeah, being presented with snails and uh, <laughs> fermented tofu and little fish and things. I yeah, at that pig, point, pigs feet, soup pigs intestine, t- pig intestine, pig intestine right. soup. Yes, <laughs> that yeah, that was the one that stood out to me. Um, and as a twelve-year-old, obviously, it's funny that you mentioned that I suggested or tried to take charge in that situation, probably because I was like very scared. <laughs> Maybe didn't trust your parents enough to. Oh, they'll just end up anywhere. Um, but I remember just sort of being like led around by the hands, not literally, uh, yeah. but like you yeah. know, we're doing this, we're we're getting in this, not in a weird way, but in this car now. Like yeah. someone's going to take us here because a lot of that trip, for specific reasons, was planned out for us. Exactly, we had a driver and a mm-hmm. translator. We were guests of the government um, because of her grandparents. But so yeah. 
it wasn't, we weren't free to do everything we wanted to do. Yeah. And I, you know, then I remember specific things that now are very normal because they're similar to Taiwan in a lot of ways, but like, you know, the funny shaped bottles in the, um, with the soda dispenser things. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. And it's, well, it's all, you should have mentioned this earlier. It's it's all coming back to me now. (laughs) The, like the amazing fruit in the breakfast buffets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's more, Ran, not random, but it's more flashes of things mm-hmm. that come back yep. to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way I feel about Taiwan and Austria and then my trip how yeah. many years ago. Yeah. 40, 40 some <laughs> years ago. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I honestly wasn't sure when I proposed it whether you would be up for oh. it or like, I mean, you're, you're always up for anything. Actually, one thing that does stand out to me from Japan, um, these hotels that we were in had amazing like first floors, like restaurants and gift shops and all that stuff. And there was one that had like a tiny little bakery, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, um, with just all these little amazing cakes, little amazing pastries. Mm, yes. And we went downstairs. We were going to get one or a couple. Yeah. yeah. And we were looking at them and couldn't decide. And my mother, <laughs> who like, you know, I didn't have a strict childhood or like especially, you know, overboard on like nu- nutrition or anything. But I, I never expected this from my mother to say, we'll just get one of everything. <laughs> I went back upstairs with like 12 little cakes. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that was a blast for you to be it able to was. say that. <laughs> and to not follow rules. I think that's why I especially like um, the way we travel, you, you, dad and I travel mm-hmm. these days. No rules. And we try to say to people, We'll be there maybe around the 12th, but it could be the 5th or the 25th. Or <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to make plans with them. I will say that. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again. This has been delightful. And I've learned, I've heard stories that I'd never heard before. And thank you for supporting. That's another thing mm. is just like so many people say to me, oh, this, you know, this must be so hard for your parents. What do your family think about this? And I've met people whose families are not supportive of them living in other places and want them to move back and, you know, pressure them or or things like that. And I'm always just like, no, like, of course we miss each other. And of Mm -hmm. course it's hard, but like, no, they're psyched. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. If we can't be doing it ourselves, you must be, you should be doing it. (laughs) All right. Uh, We could keep throwing all these random little things out for the next 20 minutes, but this was fun. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited that all of you guys got to meet my mom because she's awesome. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Marjorie. And thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or stories to share of your own experiences traveling back in the day, or if you want to ask my mom any questions about her travels, you can send those to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. We will have more stories and more tips for you next time on Going Out Your Door.